This is a Federal News Network podcast. Coming up on today's Federal Newscast, HHS may need to find ways to shield its scientists from political strong-arming. We get a look at how many contractors were punished by agencies last year. And despite not making much money, USPS says it will continue its experimental banking program. These stories and more in today's Federal Newscast. Welcome to today's episode of the Federal Newscast. I'm Eric White. The Health and Human Services Department needs to take steps to protect career scientists from political interference. That's according to the Government Accountability Office, which finds political interference led to altered scientific findings related to COVID-19 during the Trump administration. GAO says many of these incidents went unreported because career scientists were afraid of retaliation or suspected agency leadership was already aware of the interference. The House Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Crisis will hold a hearing on GAO's findings this Friday. New data is out about how often agencies punished contractors for misbehaving in fiscal 2020. Federal News Network's Jason Miller has details. Agencies debarred more than 1,200 contractors in 2020, up by more than 150 over the previous year. The recently released Interagency Suspension and Debarment Committee's annual report to Congress for fiscal 2020 shows agencies held more vendors accountable for their actions, but also took more advantage of oversight flexibilities such as administrative agreements. In all, agencies suspended 415 companies and proposed more than 1,300 for debarment. At least 15 agencies reported criminal indictments or information was the basis for the suspension or debarment. Jason Miller, Federal News Network. Those looking to learn about how the government addresses unfair labor practices can hear more from the organization in charge of that. Starting May 3rd, the Federal Labor Relations Authority will host training sessions through its general counsel office. Some of the topics they'll cover include union fair representation duties and the scope of bargaining. The virtual sessions will be capped at 250 attendees. A list of all programs is available at FLRA.gov. The Labor Department is looking to diversify its applicant pools for federal roles through an apprenticeship program. In its equity action plan, the agency announced that it will collaborate with community partners, including historically black colleges and universities, in an effort to open more pathways to federal service. The agency will also partner with the Office of Personnel Management to launch the apprenticeship programs. The Labor Department's effort is one of more than 300 new actions that agencies are taking to advance equity across government. The Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services says equity will be baked into its delivery of care going forward. That includes all CMS centers, the CHIP, or Children's Health Insurance Program, the Center for Consumer Information and Insurance Oversight, the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Innovation, and the Center for Clinical Standards and Quality. The agency will talk to stakeholders, including insurance providers, healthcare facilities, pharmaceutical companies, researchers, and people with lived experiences for efforts like better collection and standardization of demographic data and promoting culturally appropriate services in multiple languages. CMS will bring together industry players to improve maternal health outcomes this summer. 
The Energy Department's plan to hire 1,000 employees under its Clean Energy Corps initiative is raising alarm bells among some members of Congress. Republicans on the House Science, Space, and Technology Committee wrote to Secretary Jennifer Granholm seeking answers to more than a dozen questions. The lawmakers say Energy's massive hiring initiative has grandiose goals, but provides the committee with too few specifics. DOE announced the Clean Energy Corps in January and plans to use special hiring authorities provided under the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act. The committee is seeking a briefing from DOE by May 4th and answers to the questions by May 20th. The Postal Service tells its regulator that its postal banking pilot will go on despite a lack of customers. Federal News Network's Jory Heckman has more. USPS told the Postal Regulatory Commission in a recent filing that it will continue its check cashing pilot in its current form beyond its expected end date in March. USPS told the commission in January that six customers had taken advantage of the pilot it launched at four post offices last September and that the agency made just over $35 in revenue. Top Republicans on the House Oversight and Financial Services Committees tell Postmaster General Louis DeJoy the pilot goes beyond the agency's core mission of delivering mail and packages. Jory Heckman, Federal News Network. The Defense Department is entering into a contract with Texas A&M University to help develop hypersonic weapon flight designs. The Pentagon is increasingly interested in hypersonics as China and Russia continue to develop their own. The contract is for half a million dollars and will help DOD understand the effects of environment on the flight of the weapons. The Air Force is thinking about how it will move ahead with its chief architect office. Federal News Network Scott Massioni has more on that. Earlier this week, the Air Force's chief architect, Preston Dunlap, resigned after three years on the job. Now the Air Force thinks it may need to expand the role he once held. Air Force Secretary Frank Kendall said the service needs a position that can oversee all research and acquisition programs to ensure they integrate well. The evolution of the architect's office could do that. The Air Force is building complex weapon systems that share data and communicate, facilitating the need for an overarching leader to oversee them. Scott Massioni, Federal News Network. It took more than two years of evaluation, but now the Army has chosen a contractor for two new weapons. Here's Federal News Network's Tom Temin. Sig Sauer got a 10-year firm fixed price contract to make what the Army calls the next generation squad weapon. It will come in two versions, a rifle and an automatic rifle, both using the same 6.8 millimeter cartridge. The initial delivery is worth $20 million. The new weapons, dubbed the XM5 and the XM250, will replace the M4 and the M249. The Army says the new rifles are lighter but more lethal. Tom Tamman, Federal News Network. The Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency is bringing industrial control system experts into the mix of its joint cyber defense collaborative. The latest companies to join the JCDC include Honeywell, Schneider Electric, and Siemens. The collaborative brings agencies and industry together to thwart cybersecurity threats. The addition of industrial control systems companies comes after the Biden administration warned that Russia could be planning cyber attacks on U.S. critical infrastructure. And spy agencies are considering how to best harness open source intelligence. Federal News Network's Justin Doubleday reports. The intelligence community is considering the role open source intelligence plays in its typically secret world. The issue has come to the forefront during the war in Ukraine, but Principal Deputy Director of National Intelligence, Stacey Dixon, says it's something the IC has been considering for some time now. There's a lot of really useful information out there. And so figuring out how do we legally, with keeping in mind privacy and civil liberties, how do we bring in the information that's useful and see how it can complement the classified information we have in terms of being able to provide insights to our customers. Justin Doubleday, 
Federal News Network. You can find more information about these stories at federalnewsnetwork.com. Search Federal Newscast and subscribe to the Federal Newscast on Podcast One or Apple Podcasts. I'm Eric White. Reconnect with a carpool or vanpool. Even if you're commuting just a few days a week, Commuter Connections can match you with others that live and work near or at the same place as you. Prefer taking the bus or train? There's never been a better time to reconnect with transit. Plus, you have the added comfort of knowing Guaranteed Ride Home is there for any unexpected emergency for free. For more options, visit commuterconnections.org or call 1-800-745-RIDE. Some restrictions apply.